I will repeat this portion for the final time. I meant to say this in the last episode. I enjoy women whom society says is larger, full-figured, plus-size, curvy, BBWs. And And those are the same types of women that society calls chubby and fat. Again, I enjoy these types of women as well. I enjoy them because they have heavy, full breasts, squishy tummies, generous buttocks, and thick thighs. They have extra bosoms, including extra chunks in their trunks. That's why I enjoyed them so freely. So BBWs are number two. My number one are chocolate women. I really am the most attracted to chocolate ones in Africa. But I like the chocolate women outside of Africa, too. I just want that to be clarified. My, I am the most attracted to uh, chocolate BBWs. I meant to say all these things in the last episode as well. I won't repeat these anymore. Another thing I meant to say in this last episode is, is that I would have sex with retired sex workers and retired porn stars. Absolutely. And now that I have said that, Now I can talk to you about the hard truths of the Christian life. Here's what I have noticed about meat Christians. Let's talk about it. So meat Christians, meat means mature, okay? Meat Christians make mature choices. Meat Christians are teaching others. Meat Christians are developing depth of understanding. Meat Christians are into self-evaluation. Meat Christians are seeking unity. Meat Christians are desiring spiritual challenges. Meat Christians are into careful study and observation. Meat Christians have an active faith. Meat Christians have confidence, and meat Christians um, have feelings and experiences evaluated in the light of the Bible. Meat, M-E-A-T, make the choices of maturity. Now, let's explore the milk. Um... Milk means immature. 
So meat Christians make mature choices. Milk Christians make immature choices. Let's go with the milk. Milk Christians are just being taught. Milk Christians struggle with the basics. Milk Christians suffer from self-criticism. Milk Christians are pr promoting disunity. Milk Christians are desiring entertainment. Milk Christians are overwhelmed by opinions and half-hearted efforts. Um, milk Christians have cautious apathy and doubt um, so strongly in their lives. Milk Christians are possessed by fear. And milk Christians have experiences of court evaluate according to feelings. Um, meat Christians don't doubt God as much as the milk Christians do. So that song, You Can't Make Me Doubt Him, I Know Too Much About Him. Actually, that those lyrics aren't true because, at, you know, mature Christians... Don't doubt as much. They still do. It's just not as, as strong. You know what I mean? I wanted to clarify that. And the reason why I wanted to clarify the meat and milk so people can understand how if the church was known as the meat church let's say because when we first when people first come to the lord they start off as milk but you're not supposed to stay milk over time you're supposed to be meat if you've been in church for 10 to 20 years and there's no meatness to your bones no meatness to your bones then Something has gone awry. Something is awful about that. And so that has been um, truly concerning to me. Because meat Christians make life better for abuse overcomers. Milk Christians make life worse for abuse overcomers. And now I want to venture into one more thing and I'll stop reading. Here is what I like about meat Christians, okay? Making choices on sensitive issues. This is how... This is what meat Christians think. Let me tell you how meat Christians think. M-E-A-T. All of us make hundreds of choices every day. Most choices have no right or wrong attached to them, like what you wear or what you eat. But we always face decisions that carry a little more weight. We don't want to do wrong. We don't want to cause others to do wrong. So how can we make such decisions? So... Here are the questions. So when it comes to choosing courses of actions, here are the questions that meet Christians ask themselves and God. Does it help my witness for Christ? 
Am I motivated by a desire to help others know Christ? Does it help me do my best? Is it against a specific command in scripture and would thus cause me to sin? Is it the best and most beneficial course of action? Am I thinking only of myself or do I truly care about the other person? Am I acting lovingly or selfishly? Does it glorify God? Will it cause someone else to sin? Yep, those are meat Christian questions. And now I want to tell you about the hard truths of the Christian life that I mentioned earlier. Meet Christians experience social rejection. Milk Christians experience social acceptance. Meet Christians experience public ridicule. Milk Christians experience public praise. Meet Christians experience career derailment. Milk Christians experience career advancement. Meat Christians experience money loss. Milk Christians experience money gain. Meat Christians are okay with experiencing foreclosure. Milk Christians are not okay with experiencing foreclosure. So what does all that mean? In the world of churchianity, not the same thing as Christianity, by the way, because churchianity is for people who stay milk forever. No, there is no, they're not stakes at all. So let me talk about this. I see many people today trying their best not to suffer for Jesus. I see many people today trying their best not to be crushed for Jesus. I see many people today trying their best not to crash for Jesus. I see many people today trying their best not to be rejected for Jesus. I see many people today trying their best not to look like a fool for Jesus. I see many people today trying their best not to be courageous for Jesus. I see many people today trying their best not to suffer with the least of these for Jesus. I see many people today trying their best not to suffer with others. I see many people today gaining the whole universe and losing their souls, hearts, and minds. I see many people today 
choosing power over people. I see many people today choosing status over people. I see many people today choosing materialism over people. I see many people today choosing positions over people. I see many people today choosing pleasure over people. And here's the truth. You can't be Christian and comfortable all the goddamn time. I see many people today choosing comfort over Jesus. I see many people today choosing feel good over Jesus. I see many people today choosing happy, happy, joy, joy over Jesus. I see many people today choosing false utopia over Jesus. Lastly, I see many people today choosing the lifestyles of Everything is fine all the time over Jesus and people. Over Jesus and people, they also have picked positive thinking all the time, which is untrue. The absence of conflict, which is untrue. Superficial harmony, which is untrue. And and good moods all the time, which is untrue. So those are the things I've noticed about the religion that I was raised in Christianity. Here are other hard truths of being a Christian. Everyone can't be your co-worker. Everyone can't be your colleague. Everyone can't be your associate. Everyone can't be your talk buddy. Everyone can't be your hangout buddy. Um, everyone can't be your spouse. Everyone can't be your partner. Um, everyone can't be those you have sex with. Can't have sex with everybody. Um, everyone you can't network with. Everyone can't be your boss. Everyone can't be your friend. Everyone can't be your true friend. Everyone can't be your best friend. Everyone can't be your close friend. Everyone can't be your confidant if you're a private figure slash private person. You may have to have a reduced income or no income because you can't take every money-making opportunity. You can't money-make with everyone. You may have reduced jobs or no jobs because you can't uh, make career moves with everybody. You may be buked. You may be scorned. Um, 
He may be a martyr. He may be a violence victim. He may be an intruding, stalking, harassing victim. Um, he may be teased and taunted. Um, you can't take every housing opportunity. So you may have reduced housing or no housing. Um, you're not guaranteed popularity, but you are guaranteed public disgrace, according to the words of Jesus, if you really examine them. Don't get me wrong, you could be a meek Christian who has the love, like, and respect of many people in society, whether they are believers or unbelievers. And as a Christian, you can have it good in life in terms, as a meek Christian, you can have it good in life in terms of your career, your job, your home, and the people that you're connected to personally, professionally. I'm not saying that Christianity is all encompassing of depression. No, no, no. I'm just saying that the words of Jesus have told me um, the actualities of what it's really like to serve Jesus all the time and these particular things that are outlined by him at some point. So I also wanted to let it be known that as a as a Christian I truly learned that there are many things about Christianity that have been concerning to me. I'll give you a case in point. The fact that there is so much demonization of of people who were on each viewpoint regarding abortion and LGBTQIA plus traditionalists and those who are progressive. There was so much on those sensitive subjects, but there was an antichrist who dominated the White House from 2017 through 2021. An orange child of Satan was able to control the White House because many believers spent too much time accusing each other of being unchristian, all because of diverse biblical interpretations regarding abortion and LGBTQIA+. It's okay to be passionate as long as you don't help pure evil with needless victories. 
including the White House one. Another issue I have is that many believers don't understand that seizing someone's values, that's what terrorists do. Terrorists love to hijack and they and terrorists terrorize by hijacking any political party, any political ideology, any denomination, any religion, any secular ideology, any secular philosophy. They will prey on you by ambushing you with making it look like they are the angels of light that but in reality that's just devil masquerading that's all it really is and so then what I have noticed about the Christian life, and I want to say this from my heart. It's not Jesus' job to be a Christian for you. It's your job to be a Christian for Jesus. Because my friend and I have this saying, Jesus lays out the tools. It's up to you to do the work. And a lot of believers today want Jesus to do the work for them. And Jesus says, you can't learn if I do if I do that. You can't grow if I do that. You can't be a better person if I do that. You can't be a better Christian if I do that. You can't be whole in me if I do that. And you can't be Christ-like and God-like if I do that. It's basically the tools are on the table, and a lot of them say, I thought you could do it. Like, do it for me. She's like, no, you're not going to wipe away the tools on the table. I gave you the resources. You must put the work in. Um, you must toil over this. And again, you can't be Christ-like and God-like if I do it for you. How many times do I have to tell you that? Be to recognize who I truly am. Um, because many people will pull the Christian card on you. I'll give you an example. So, some people look at beliefs and go, they're nice, pleasant people, right? But then they will say, I'm going to play them for a fool, for a sucker. So if they get mad, I'll just say, I thought you I thought you're supposed to love your enemies. I thought you were supposed to turn the other cheek. I thought you are supposed to pray for me. I thought you were supposed to bless me. Even though I curse, you're supposed to do, right? People try to pull the Christian card on you. Some people try to trap you. Some people try to um, trick you, right? I came to that realization based upon 
knowing that healthy boundaries weren't really emphasized in church in terms of understanding how real life is. Um, and that was always troubling to me. And um, it's something that I've been thinking about since childhood. And I want to say this for the last time. Um, Here's what I mean by healthy boundaries so we can all understand what I mean. Um, Here are the healthy boundaries that meet Christians like my grandma live, live by. You can say no or yes, and you're okay when others say no or yes to you. You have a strong sense of identity. You respect yourself. You expect reciprocity in relationships. You share responsibility and power. You know when the problems are yours and when they belong to someone else and or others. You share personal information gradually in um, mutually sharing slash mutually trusting relationships. You don't tolerate abuse and disrespect. You know your own wants, needs, and feelings. You communicate them clearly in um, your relationships. You are committed to and responsible for exploring and nurturing your full potential. You are responsible for your own happiness and fulfillment. You allow others to be responsible for their own happiness and fulfillment. You value your opinions and feelings as much as others. You know your limits. You allow others to, to define their limits. You're able to ask for help when you need it. You don't compromise your values and integrity to avoid rejection. So those are all neat Christian boundaries. My grandma Clara lived by these boundaries in her 72 years on this planet Earth in the flesh. Now, here are a set of Milk Christian boundaries. Let's start with collapsed boundaries, then we'll talk about rigid boundaries, okay? Again, collapsed boundaries and rigid boundaries, those are the only boundaries that milk Christians have. Here we go. You can't say no because you're afraid of rejection or abandonment. Your identity consists of what you think others want you to be. You're a chameleon. You have no balance of power or responsibility in your relationships. You tend to be either overly responsible and controlling or passive and dependent. You take on others' problems as your own. You share personal information too soon before establishing mutual trust slash mutual sharing. You have a high tolerance for abuse and being treated with disrespect. Your wants, needs, and feelings are secondary to others' and are sometimes determined by others. You ignore your inner voice and allow others' expectations to define your potential. You feel responsible for others' happiness and fulfillment and sometimes rely on your relationship to create that for you. You tend to absorb the feelings of others. You rely on others' opinions, feelings, and ideas more than you do your own. You allow others to define your limits or try to define limits for others. You compromise your values and beliefs in order to please others and to avoid conflict. That is the first set of milk Christian boundaries. 
The final set of milk Christian boundaries are rigid boundaries. You're likely to say no if the request involves close interaction. You avoid intimacy, pick fights, stay too busy, etc. You fear abandonment and engulfment, so you avoid closeness. You rarely share personal information. You have difficulty identifying wants, needs, feelings. You have few or no close relationships. If you have a partner, you have very separate lives and virtually no shared social life. You rarely ask for help. You do not allow yourself to connect with other people and their problems and their pains. So I'm, tell, I'm teaching the difference between meat Christians and milk Christians. Um, meat Christians research. Meat Christians research. Milk Christians don't research. Meat Christians are okay with logic and reason. Milk Christians are not okay with logic and reason. Um, meet Christians love evidence. Um, milk Christians do not like evidence. Meet Christians embrace scholarship and academia. Milk Christians detest both. Milk, I mean, milk Christians have a nonsensical faith, while meat Christians, their faith is actually a sense of relief to the multitudes. So I'm going to, this won't take long because I pretty much said everything else about my thoughts on religion that I've been saying. Um, I'm going to now be turning to the book of Ecclesiastes. This will be the one I use for the final time. Um, so I'm turning to Ecclesiastes chapter three. Meet Christians embrace all of this wisdom in particular. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. That is meat Christian psychology.
And so I'll read this last thing and I'll just talk until I'm led to stop talking. Not being hard on myself, I'm just saying. Um, and now that we're going to the book of Matthew. Here we go. Following Jesus is not always easy or comfortable. Often it means great cost and sacrifice with no earthly rewards or security. Jesus didn't have a place to call home. You may find that following Christ costs you popularity, friendships, leisure time, or treasured habits. But while the cost of following Christ is high, the value of being Christ's disciple is even higher. Discipleship is an investment that lasts for eternity and yields incredible rewards. That Again, that is neat Christian psychology. Is that... Don't get me wrong, I said this for the last time too. As a meat Christian, many people will celebrate you. Many people will be close to. Many people you have personal relationships with. And many people will treat you just fine in the world of work, the world of career, the world of finances, the world of housing. It is possible to be a meat Christian and have it and to have it good in life in those ways because of your principles. It's very well possible. I was just saying that um, that in life, those things are not guaranteed. Why do some believers have it? Why some believers don't? It varies from person to person, circumstances to circumstances. And I must say that There are times where a person is legitimately rejected by being a Christian. Other times, it's because if you have a hard heart, then that isn't persecution. That's just a person being difficult, and they deserve that because of their being difficult unnecessarily. So I just wanted to say these thoughts about what it truly means to be a Christian. Because a lot of people may not understand what that world is about. Um, Again, you're not guaranteed earthly security nor earthly rewards. Um, Meat Christians are okay with questions. Milk Christians are not. Meek Christians embrace their full humanity without condemnation. Milk Christians condemn their full humanity. Meek Christians are fully human ethically, while milk Christians are unethically fully human. Um, I dare say... That as a meat Christian, meat Christians embrace people like me because they understand that when I express my concerns about faith, it's never them being attacked. It's always 
building bridges between myself and me Christians because I decided once I get my own place not to attend church buildings, but I would love to spend my Sundays with meet Christians. That's that's the church that I want to have because the environment of being mostly around milk is actually a source of trauma for me. So I would hope that on Sundays, you know, I could have meet Christians come over the house or I come over their places and we can do praise and worship together. I think that would be great. Um, And so many people go, how can you do that when you say you're secular? Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I would say to that. I have an unorthodox relationship with God. I do not practice any religion. Empathy is my religion. Um, And I am very liberal and progressive on many subjects. At the same time, I do have Jesus as my number one. That's what makes me a secular Jesus follower, which I'll say for the last time. That's what makes me an agnostic theist, which I'll say for the last time. And that's what makes me into soft agnosticism that I'll repeat for the last time. So if you can understand my grandma's and I making a vow, you know, to keep Jesus number one, but at the same time, unconventional and edgy by nature, both by nature, you can understand why. So... I also want to say this. I think I'm pretty much done discussing hard truths of the Christian life. Now I want to enter these things and I'll be done. It's not going to be an hour like I usually do. So why are you going to sex workers? It's simple. They like non-sex workers. Again, most of my partners are non-sex workers, by the way. But the ones who are sex workers, they both meet my sexual desires and my sexual needs. In the name of consent, equality, respect, trust, and safety. None of my sexual desires are unwholesome. And none of my sexual needs are unwholesome. And I dare say when it comes to them, none of their sexual needs are unwholesome and none of their sexual desires are unwholesome. In fact, both are in the name of consent, equality, respect, trust, and safety. Um, They make it their business to... to be ethical about sex, for sure. Sex workers make it a legal business while the non-sex workers just make it their um, social business. 
to be, you know, to to be of ethical sex and respectful sex and positive sex because my because I am in because I have ethical sex, respectful sex and positive sex. Another thing. I am not called to the family life. I'm not called to the family person life. But religion says I should be celibate for all eternity. And the reason why my soul can't accept that is because my Urges were activated sooner than normal because of the childhood rapes. And because I'm not called to the family life nor the family person life, and I just have an innately sky high sex drive, it would be impossible for me to be monogamous. In fact, I would be innately non-monogamous, which I am, but I still am not called to monogamy. I'm called to non-monogamy. So it's not, so to not do what I'm called to would be um, unfair. And, and, um, of partiality myself can't accept either. Um, it would be very hurtful that I can't have a positive sex life and that I can't have positive sexual experiences. So the only sexual experiences I have are abusive. That is uncool. And that is something my soul says no to. I live a very busy life and I meet all kinds of inner beauty people who do catch my physical eye because of their appearances. So to give my love to just one person, I want to have all the inner beauty people catch my physical eye because of their appearances in my life. So that explains why. Um, I still feel, I'll say this in closing, closing. I am not of religiosity nor piety. However, um, I appreciate meat Christians who have a meat Christian psychology. Um, because milk Christians are trauma sources for me. Wow, meat Christians are forms of healing to me because the way they go about faith makes a trauma victim like me feel belonged 
and not just included.